listener exclusive. The Limestone Coasts. Week that was. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the first ep of the week that was, where we look back at what has made news right the way across the Limestone Coast. Today, we're going to talk about the opening of the Willunda Convention and Recreation Centre. The opening dates were announced by council during the course of the week. We're going to talk council plebiscite because the state government would like to see a merger between the Mount Gambier and Grant District Council. And we're going to talk council elections because we go to the polls at the end of the year. Now, one of the biggest stories of the week was the plebiscite in regards to council amalgamations. Katie was talking about it on the news. Here's what she had to say. There's plenty of thoughts floating around this morning on Peter Malinowskis' plan to merge Mount Gambier and Grant District Councils. The Premier revealing his plan yesterday to hold a plebiscite on the issue at the same time as council elections in November. CEO of the South Australian Local Government Association, Clinton Jury, says in the case of the Limestone Coast, the two councils are already partnering up. As an arm of government, councils are, are already sharing a lot of resources, um, particularly down in the, in the Limestone Coast. There's a lot of sharing of resources, human resources and physical resources that those councils already do. Grant District Council Mayor Richard Sage will go up against Kylie Boston for the top job in November's local government elections. Ms Boston has nominated herself in the leadership ballot after four years as a councillor. And while the possibility of a council merger with the city of Mount Gambier has been raised by the Premier this week, she's keen to get more information on what exactly is being proposed. Still in early early stages. So until this goes through uh, Parliament, we'll then have an understanding about what uh, what it is and then what we can actually bring to the community. And Lowestone Coast as well. We talk council amalgamations. Peter Malinowskis and the state government are creating waves at the moment. A man who has an opinion on that is the current mayor of the Grant District Council. He's also nominated for the position once again in the upcoming council elections. Richard Sage. Hey, Sagey, how you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Excellent. Hey, Sagey, um, I've got to ask the question. Peter Malinowskis has decided that there's going to be a plebiscite on amalgamating our two councils, the Grand District Council and, of course, the Mount Gambier City Council. It's something that's been talked about in the Limestone Coast for decades. Um, you sick of it? No, I'm not, because I, I think um, it's one of those issues that's been coming uh, for a long time, and I've told our council it's been coming, and um, we've had to be... Um, Ready for it. Like, um, if you consider our council rates are the, one of the lowest in the region, our service service um, delivery is excellent. Our staff work really hard to um, uh, be able to deliver those services at an economical cost. And um, this is really a, a bit of a slap in the face. If you think about um, the country cabinet when they were down, um, Minister Keith and Tatus, um put on the table that um, have you two councils talking about amalgamation. And... Uh, it really started off from there, and if you consider leaving it right till the very last minute before the close of um, nominations for council and start of the election, not even telling us the process or how it's going to happen, I think's a, a, a real blight on uh, what um, um, Peter Malinowski came down to tell us. He said he was here to to help. And that's the problem, isn't it? Because the, the council nominations close at lunchtime today. So if you want to be a councillor, you've got to put your, your, your nomination in. And uh, it doesn't give you a lot of time to, to digest what the, the government is trying to do. No, and, and when you consider the city council came out and said that um, uh, their project was um, over budget and um, there's, there's issues with um, getting the project finished, 
Talking about, about Wollanda. Wollanda, yeah. Yep. And if, if you consider they've borrowed 100% of their rate revenue for one project, doesn't give them a lot of wriggle room left and to look over the fence and say, well, you know, there's, there is a possibility here. Um, and for their rate payers, um, it's, it's really um, uh, not, a, not an opportunity for, for the Grant Council. Now, Milo, what took um, place you know, is supposed to be about um, uh, reducing costs and, and uh, reducing rates Atlantic and, and um, good service delivery. We're already doing that. We've got the lowest rates, like I said, good service delivery, and people are happy with the, the Grant Council. How do you think a plebiscite will go from a Grant Council point of view? Do you reckon the rate payers will want it? What we really need to do is get the council um, to ensure that uh, our ratepayers have got an opportunity to have their say, and the election is it. Previously, you get 30 to 40% people vote. We need everybody to turn out and have your say. It's an opportunity to go back to the Malinowskis government and say, you guys need to start looking after your own own patch, look at... Um, your own cost savings and don't don't um, muck about with local government because this is going to be a pilot project. They're going to roll it out across the state. They're looking at reducing the 68 councils back to, say, 35. Um, there's going to be a lot of um, angst amongst um, local government and the community, and I think um, we're going to start it off. We've got to go back to the state government and say we are not happy. Question for you then. Do you think council amalgamations are worth it in certain circumstances, not necessarily with the Grant Council and Mangambia Council? Look, I, I think I think it's it's something that definitely needs needs to be investigated, but but uh, at the end of the day, the ratepayers should have the say. They are the ones that are paying the bill. We've got to remember that the money that we bring in, the revenue we raise, is the ratepayers' money, and they need to be affordable. Hey, Sagey, it's a story that we're going to hear a whole lot more about between now and November. Thanks for dropping by this morning and having a chat about it and raising the issue. Thank you very much. Now, Livestone Coasters, it wasn't just the plebiscite and council amalgamations that were being talked about during the course of the week. Council elections are coming up. Here's what Katie had to say. We've got the names and number of candidates vying for a spot in the southeast local governments. The region's centre, Mount Gambier, will be contested by 18 people. Only eight vacancies are up for grabs, the top job to be retained by sitting Mayor Lynette Martin. And for Grant, there's nine vacancies across the three wards, 15 people in the running. Mayor Richard Sage is hoping to keep his spot, but Central Ward Councillor Kylie Boston's hoping to change that. Talking council elections, we head to the Wattle Range Council. Ben Gower is the CEO. Ben, good morning. Good morning. Ben, we've had all of our uh, council candidates nominate during the course of the week. Uh, nominations have now closed off. How are things looking for the Wattle Range Council? Good. We've got um, uh, a really healthy field of, of applicants. Um, so all of our four wards are going to go to an election. It'll be a competitive process. Uh, and all but one of our uh, current councillors uh, have renominated again. So we've got all pretty much everyone renominating, plus we've got some extra candidates um, applying for each of the wards um, to, to make it a competitive process. So I think that's that's really healthy. Um, and our mayor has been re-elected unopposed. So there was only one nomination for mayor, being Mayor Noel, um, and the Electoral Commission has announced that uh, he has been re-elected. Ben, one of the things that I've loved looking at uh, the nominations right the way across the Limestone Coast is the, the willingness of people to put their hand up to be part of council. Yes, I think it's um, it's fantastic. Obviously, council 
is the closest uh, level of government to the community. Um, and that community participation in that strategic and, and key decision making is really, really important. Um, you know, I think one of the, the principles of, uh, of good governance is having diversity in your decision making team. And we've definitely got that. We've got 11 elected members plus a mayor, uh, and they are all quite different, um, have been for the, the, the two councils that I've had the pleasure to work with over the last six years. Um, and, uh, you know, we will continue to have that diversity uh, in the next council because having a look at all everyone that's nominated, they've all got different backgrounds, different interests, um, but all of them tend to be community focused. So, yeah, I think it's it's a great level of government to work in. I really enjoy it. Hey, Ben, council's in caretaker mode, but what do you think is, is next? Once we have an election, what do you think the, the focus for the uh, Water Range Council will be over maybe the next decade? So we'll start immediately with inducting our new members. So um, what we traditionally do uh, in the first few months, we start with a uh, full-on bus tour over two days driving around the council district, looking at all the various infrastructure elements, future projects, uh, and, and help calibrate everybody by actually, you know, walking on the sites that, that, that need some renewal or, or upgrades or things like that. So we start that process fairly early. Uh, and then we run through a whole bunch of training for our new elected members so that they understand their roles, responsibilities, how a council meeting's conducted, all those types of things. But then beyond that, we've actually got a, a strategic plan um, that will um, need to be formally adopted by the new council. Um, we've done a reasonable amount of consultation with the community. Uh, we've formulated a draft plan and we're deliberately waiting for the new council uh, to adopt that plan. And that will set our priorities for the next four years. Uh, and with that comes a long-term financial plan that projects out to that 10-year mark. Um, so yes, there's a lot of things in the pipeline that we will consider. Uh, the new council will fine tune that. Uh, I suspect it will go out for a round of community consultation uh, once they've had a good look at it, uh, and then they'll adopt it early in the new year. And away we go again. Uh, and that cycle repeats itself uh, every election cycle. Ben, it's exciting times as we go to the polls right the way across the state. Big shout out to Des Noldol being an elected mayor once again, unopposed for the Wattle Range Council. It's been great to talk to you this morning. Hopefully we have the chance to talk more in the lead up to the elections. Certainly will. Thanks, Ewan. Trevor Smart joins me from the Narracourt Lucendale Council. He is the CEO. Trevor, g'day. Good morning, Ewan. Hey, Trevor. Councillors have been nominated for the upcoming council elections. How are things looking for the Narracourt Lucendale Council as you lead into uh, the 2022 elections? Oh, look, looking looking really positive, Ewan. Um, we've, we've got uh, two nominations for mayor and 16 nominations for the 10, 10 positions of area councillor. So that that really shows probably a, a, a pretty good interest um, from the community in, in what council does and and what they see is is important for the for the next four years. And Trevor, I've got to ask the question because I suppose I didn't think about it till now. But getting somebody to stand up in public and say I want to put my hand up for stuff is is like wrangling cats these days. To to have that many people to say you know I'd like to have a crack at being a councillor that's that's pretty awesome. Look, it's a it's a pretty big step. I know a lot of people um, uh, sometimes either you know have have some thoughts about what council does or doesn't do. Uh, but to yeah, put your hand up and uh, be you know be seen as a leader of the community is is a pretty big step 
and as you say, a, a fairly gutsy move. Now, uh, council elections, when are they going to take place? Uh, look, for, from from now on, uh, the mail out is um, a voting papers 14th to the 20th of October, and then uh, the voting closes on 10th of November, uh, with the count to then take place on Saturday 12th of November. So shortly after the 12th, uh, depending on how the count goes, we, we should know the makeup of our council. Crystal ball sort of stuff, Trevor. What do you think the big issues are going to be over the next 12 months, maybe up to five years for the Narracourt Lucindale Council? Oh, look, over the four, look, everyone brings, I guess, their own thoughts to the table. And, and given that we've got uh, eight new um, nominees for area councillor and, and a new nominee for, for mayor, um, those, those people all, all have their own ideas. Um, but then, that, then we all have to figure out how, how we collectively uh, get that decision-making uh, done. And look, I, I think the continued financial sustainability uh, of councils over the next four years is important, as is uh, the various projects and and uh, us maintaining and improving our, our infrastructure. I think that's always important. Lowster Coasters, time to head down to the Grant District Council. I have got Daryl Wicker on the line. He's the CEO of the Grant District Council. Daryl, as I do a bit of a whip around the limestone coast, talking council elections, how do you feel now that the nominations are done and dusted for council? Yeah, if you look at uh, regionally, there's been some problems in attracting numbers, but I'm very pleased to say that uh, the District Council of Grant is very well represented uh, with a healthy amount of nominations and elections in each ward and also for the mayoral position. Yeah, look, I was going to say mayoral position is up for grabs. Uh, the The entirety of the Grant District Council will get to vote on that. Uh, but there's also really good representation across each of the wards. Yeah, I think um, it's pleasing that people want to put their hand up and they want to connect with our purpose, which is to make a difference in communities and to help people live their best lives through the amenity infrastructure and services that we provide. And for people wanting to be a part of that is very pleasing. Daryl, you've been part of local government now for a very long time. Um, what are the reasons that people put their hand up and go, I'd like to have a crack at being a councillor? Look, that's, that's a hard one to answer because everybody's reason is different. But what we hope is they, again, connect with that purpose, that they want to make a difference in community, they want to be heard, they want to represent people, and they want to work for the greater good of the District Council of Grant. Uh, we, that's the type of people we're after, and people that want to be in teams, understand complex problems, and provide solutions. Now, as we lead into the election, lots of things uh, people need to, I suppose, think about as to who they'd like to see represent them. What do you think the, the big issues are going to be over the, the next couple of years in regards to the Grant District Council? That's an interesting question because we never know what's in front of us. Um, we function very well in terms of our project delivery, so they'll be coming into a position of strength. However, there's always more to do, and that real challenge is to engage the community and get them on board and to make sure that we're living their vision. Um, that's an overarching answer, but it really does come to, down to understanding our community and working for them. Daryl, one of the things that is going to come up as part of this election is the state government's plebiscite. Um, we need to make sure that everybody has their say on, on the future direction of both councils. Absolutely. Um, council was unaware of this state government initiative. 
However, more than ever now, it's important for people to have their vote so that as an administration and a council that we can represent the views of our community. Daryl, it's going to be an interesting couple of months as we all go to the polls for the uh, council elections across the state of South Australia. Thanks for having a chat to us this morning. Thank you. All right, Livestone Coasters, as we trip around the Limestone Coast, catching up with the CEO of the Mangambia City Council, Sarah Philpott. G'day. Hello. Sarah, got to be happy with the engagement from the community for people who would like to represent council in the upcoming election. Yes, yeah, very good. Um, the candidates were uh, announced and pulled out through a ballot process by the Electoral Commissioner's representative the other day and we have um, 18 candidates for councillor positions for eight positions. Our uh, Mayor stood unopposed, which means that she will be elected unopposed at the point at which the election is declared. Now, Sarah, one of the really interesting things leading into the council elections for 2022, the state government uh, dropped a bomb and decided that we were going to have a plebiscite about whether the two councils are going to merge. Uh, yes, that's right. Yes, so we um, understand uh, from the state government that that is the case, and obviously a bill has now been introduced by the state government into parliament to that effect. Uh, but certainly, we weren't aware of it um, at the time, so it did come as a, a bit of a surprise to us on the eve of an election. But nevertheless, it's a state government's process, and we will await information about how it's all going to roll out. Sarah, as we lead into the election, what happens now? Uh, well, now uh, people will get their information and, uh, in order to vote. So um, if people are enrolled to vote, uh, then they will get an, a ballot pack. This will all come through from the Electoral Commissioner and that will be sent to uh, the postal address that's on the, your electoral roll registration and then you fill out your ballot and uh, post it back into the Electoral Commissioner and they will do a count. So, um, so those ballots will no doubt be on their way uh, to people uh, shortly and I would just encourage people to vote and have a say for the people that they wish to represent their community for the future. Hey Sarah, always good to chat. We'll talk soon. Lovely, thank you. Ballot papers for the election start to roll out in October and it won't be long before we are voting for who we want to represent our communities here in the Limestone Coast. Now, time to talk about Spuds. Josh Leiner is a bloke who knows everything about what you guys are talking about online and Spuds were definitely making news from here in the Limestone Coast right the way across the globe. Let's find out about it. Josh, g'day. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. Josh, why are we talking about Spuds and Mount Gambia Spuds? Well, why shouldn't we talk about spuds? Spuds are incredible. Um, so this was, I had a photo sent through to me uh, from somebody in Dubai, of all places, 11,000 kilometers away. They sent me this photo and it was a sign in a Five Guys hamburger restaurant outside a mall in Dubai, uh, proudly telling their customers that the potatoes for their fries for that day were sourced from Mount Gambia. How uh, awesome is, is that? Absolutely incredible, and it was so. It was it was Hyson and Sons, which are based just outside of Kalangadu, uh, just um, in Kalangadu. Yep. Um, but yeah, just great seeing local produce on display. Um, so yeah, I opened it up and I said, look, you know, what other local produce have you seen while travelling around? Um, because you know, we everyone knows we've got some great produce coming out of here that is quite worldwide. Oh, of um, cream cheese, got to mention. Um, I made a comment that, you know, often when you talk to people from away and you mention Mount Gambia, they say, oh, yeah, the Blue Lake. And I had a guy say, oh, yeah, cream cheese, um, because he remembers seeing Mount Gambia on his cream cheese every single day. Um, 
so it was great seeing yeah people talk about wine that they had seen at shops in in tokyo chicago um, even places in france uh, it's just, yeah, good to see the um, people talking about uh, local produce uh, across the world. And, and it's good to put a spotlight on it because we don't necessarily think about the people that are exporting to the world from right here in the Limestone Coast. And we we are kicking goals. It's exactly. It was one of those things I never truly understood until I really got into it. And I realized that, yeah, some of the produce we have that is going worldwide uh, and it's highly sought after because we, we are very lucky to be in like where we are. It's mm. a it's a great place for a lot of produce and um, it's good to see the rest of the world, you know, taking it on board. And Josh, it was great to see so many people talking about it online and, and just throwing their comments in and, and joining the conversation. Yep, absolutely. And I guess just having that, just seeing that pride uh, from locals in in their area. Uh, I think social media can be a place where a lot of people just like to bash the place they come from. Um, any opportunity I can put out there to be like, hey, we're actually pretty awesome uh, and giving other people that opportunity to say, yeah, you know what, I think he's right. So that's nah, very enjoyable. Now, mate, uh, sensational news this week. Willunda Convention and Recreation Centre, $62 odd million worth. It's going to be open in December. Yes, so this is the the big news. This is the announcement that um, I guess a lot of people have been hanging out for for a while. Uh, so the the large majority of the the centre will be open in December, which is great. So CEO Sarah Philpot announced that the revamped outdoor pool, uh, as well as the the splash pad and other pools, will be available from December, as well as uh, one the eastern side of the timber courts, uh, the function community rooms, health centre, cafe, all that, all in December. So um, and then February we'll see the rest of it. Um, opening up. So yeah, yeah, absolutely big news. I think it's something that a lot of people have been waiting for. Now, Josh, I'm going to open up a can of worms. I reckon it's a fantastic thing for the Limestone Coast. I'm pretty sure you think the same, but it is a project that has divided the community. What are people talking about online after the announcement? It has, yes, absolutely divided the community. Um, I'll... Yeah, just speaking on, I guess, what other people have said, it's been, look, there's, there's there are a lot of people in the community that are all for it, regardless of costs or how long it's taken. And some people will completely disregard that and just focus on um, just how amazing this centre is going to be. Mm. But there are a lot of people who are also very critical of the the costs constantly increasing, um, you know, almost doubled from the, the original thing. There's a lot of people that are quite upset about that and, you know, there's always the old argument of, look, we just wanted an indoor pool, which I get um, absolutely. But also the the you know the the ice house was kind of getting towards the end of its life as well. We want to have a big kind of centre, and if we we needed to build it now and all in one, it made sense. Um, but of course, I can understand that uh, some people will always have have problems with you know large amounts of money whenever that's being spent. And it is a huge amount of money. Yeah, it is. It was the original was thirty nine million. We're up over uh, sixty now. Um, and originally, council was going to be putting in just a small fraction of it, and now council are, are paying the majority. So, I can understand the opinions have definitely changed over time. My personal view is it's it's going to be incredible regardless. Um, but you know, it's just that's how some things roll. Mm. Hey, Josh, it's always good to catch up to talk about some of the things that are being talked about online. Well, Lunder is definitely one of them at the moment. Mate, we'll catch up soon. Have a great day. You too. And that Limestone Coasters was the week that was right the way across the region. I'll be back next week taking an in-depth look at the news that matters to you. Listener.